0: You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at LaughFactory.com. Five, four, three, two.
1: You're listening. We're listening to, to. the Matty. Matty The
2: Matty The Matty And Anthony (laughs) Podcast
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Matty and Anthony Podcast (laughs) It's October so we're getting scary on ya We're live here at the Laugh Factory when I say live. I mean pre-recorded. I'll get you pretty I have asthma. Let's figure out what we're going to be doing today by talking to my comrades. You
3: sound like Splinter. A Splinter <laughs> <laughs> please turn the music down. Turn it down. Turn it down. Didn't you guys think he sounded like Splinter there at the end? Wow, I don't know who it is, <laughs> sure but it did. Sounds like Splinter. You don't know who Splinter is? is? That
0: bad? Is that bad?
3: Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Le- really please leave. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> Uh, Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well,
1: we should we should introduce uh, the lady talking. Uh, <laughs> the, this lady who doesn't know who the <laughs> hell Splinter is. Uh, do you not watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
0: That was kind of before my time, I hate to say.
3: This oh is a God. Caitlin, Sorry. a woman oh, named wow. Caitlin.
2: Are you old enough to drink?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Greg.
3: How about drag? Greg. Oh, uh. What's with these questions,
2: Greg? Wow. Well, you know, when she said that was before her time, the Ninja Turtles, I was I just I mean, wondering. I was like
0: three or four years old when that show was on, I think. So uh, okay.
2: Oh, wow. So you weren't old enough to drink?
0: Right. At the time, yes.
2: Yeah. Wow. Why uh, does that matter, Greg? Um, because wow, you don't get a know. drink
0: with a baby, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Well, come on. Wow. <laughs> I know there's a
2: picture of, never mind, on the wall, yeah. but, yeah. uh, <laughs> wow, well, I'm.
1: While, while Greg's uh, while Greg is talking uh, I'd like to tell you guys uh, throughout the month of October he's decided that every podcast he will be wearing a costume <laughs> today he's wearing full-on Rams uniform that's the LA Rams he's got the helmet he's got uh, the pants he's got some cleats on
0: shoulder pads
1: yeah shoulder pads he looks fantastic Greg wh- wh- what was the inspiration for this costume
2: well wow, well the Rams are moving to Inglewood did you see that Yes, I did, in fact. Greg uh, always has to sleep with a helmet. It's kind of a thing that, uh, you know, <laughs> so his hair doesn't get caught in his pillow and everything. Isn't that right? No, I think everybody should have a helmet on in California. There's earthquakes. Oh, smart I think, you, so you know. You sleep in a bunk a, bed, too, right? They should, if you fall off. I fell off a bunk bed one See, time at summer that's camp. That's
0: why you wear a helmet.
1: Caitlin, will you tell us about yourself for once in your life?
0: Uh, sure, if, if I must. Uh, I work at the Laugh Factory. I'm a production production gal i do it all here how
1: long have you been uh, doing that
0: i've been here since april so too long
1: oh <laughs> boy oh boy we'll <laughs> edit that out year. for I'm you i'm kidding i'm april kidding of what year this year yeah oh, so it wow. was
0: like six six months now almost uh, yeah where are you uh, originally my six month anniversary where are you
1: originally from
0: I uh, moved here from North Carolina. North Carolina, southern yeah. girl. Yes, southern so girl. Southern girl. Yeah, you yeah. and Tommy. Tommy and I we went to here the together? same. Wow. We did not. Uh, Tommy and I went to the same film school, though. I was a f- senior and he was a freshman.
1: Oh, young meat. Yeah. Do you think you saw him
0: ever? I did. In fact, when I was in school, I started like an improv uh, like club where we, like anybody could just come. It was kind of like a. I don't. Yeah, a club. Sure. We didn't really have any after-school activities or anything, so I started a club. And when I graduated, Tommy took it over. But I never met Tommy. I just mm. knew that this kid, Tommy, took my, took the torch, and, uh, and, and then he started you doing stand-up too. So it was like improv and stand-up. He took it and killed it and did a great job.
1: Great. And then you now work together. That's yeah. He got me the job. Full circle. Oh, he got you the job. He did. Yeah. Okay. He uh,
0: he asked me to act in a sketch for him, and uh, I was unemployed at the time. And I was like, dude, if you ever hear of any editing jobs, he's like. Well, the Laugh Factory is hiring, and I started working six like six months a week later. later. Yeah, here wow. I
3: am. What a good time! To- thanks, Tommy. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. Tommy is our uh, engineer. He is currently, um, he's currently away. He's away on leave.
0: Yeah, he's on a little vacation. He's visiting yeah. his family. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't
1: realize that he joined the army. Yeah, yeah. he joined the army for a, uh, a, a long army weekend. Now. We got to start Rick's here. All right, well, t- He's here to promote Rick Glassman.
3: Okay, here we go. I'm here to promote Rick Glassman. You can play the music and
4: record. Yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay. Ready.
1: Hello, little boys and girls. And how are you? Our special guest is here right now. (laughs) He's from the first episode podcast with Rick Glassman and John DeWalt. His name is the first out of the second. But maybe I'll tell you which one it is, my pretties. And they're dogs, too. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Glassman. <laughs> Hello, Rick.
3: Hello. You want to say his credits?
1: Oh, I did. I that's what we are promoting. Oh, he is an actor. Ah! Oh,
3: boy. He's an actor from
1: Undateable, a futile and stupid gesture. He's a super Nobody. funny stand-up comedian. And he's also the host of the first episode podcast with Rick Glassman and John DeWalt. Thanks so
3: much. Yeah, thank you. We do really long intros here. Yeah, sure. it's probably so you know. as long as you get. <laughs> um, and, and Anthony Faye. fully commits. He completely changed into an that old was a woman method with podcast hair. Yeah. Do you see that, how he changed? From... I heard it. You didn't see it, though. No. You uh-huh. didn't see him? Oh, that's kind of no, I was looking down.
1: How are you, Rick?
3: That's the first question. <laughs> How's operation. your day going so far?
4: Uh, oh, man, it's crazy. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, I, woke up, uh, at 8:30. <laughs> I woke up at 8.30. I woke up at 7.30 to be someplace at 8.30. Then uh, I got some tacos then I went to physical therapy for a whole bunch of things. Uh-oh. No, it's all good, dude. It's fucking good.
1: You just go there?
4: I, no, I don't just go there. Okay. I, mean, I go there to do physical therapy on a whole bunch of things. Oh, God. And then, no, it's great. Okay. And then like, I, what kind of thing? Uh, I had a few uh, sports hernias, emphasis oh, on the man. sports, oh. operated on in June. So I've been working on my groin, my butt, doing some shoulder stuff, some ankle stuff. Nice. Yeah, I know. I'm not even done. <laughs> went home, showered. Had a protein bar, drove here, did nine minutes of intros, mm. and did two minutes of how you doings. So how we you? Are. Well, honestly, how are you doing? Are you good? <laughs> I'm you? not doing well, man.
1: <laughs> What's what? Is everything alright? No, or? everything's
4: good, man. I hate that question. I hate that question. I hate the obligation do. of the question. I hate. Yeah. I hate the idea do that if really, I don't ask so it back. Sorry.
1: Do you really hate that or what? He well, said. How, you, you, how does that make you feel? How are you doing about it? <laughs>
4: But now yeah. we're doing bits. I don't mind bits. I What's love a, bits. One what? of my best friends is a bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Look. where I saw you first do stand up, and it was at Ron Lynch's Tomorrow Show, and it was five minutes or die. Okay. And I was What'd like, I choose? What? I did the five? You, yeah. You're <laughs> still here? Oh, you're still here, dude. All right. Um, but yeah, you were. I saw you You stood out out of all the other people. Yes. You were hilarious, so yes. funny. Yes. And I had the show, Maddie's Pizza Party, and I, I, I think I either went up to you and asked you to do the show or I messaged you. Yeah, I, think I don't remember how that all went down. I don't either. I was looking down at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I remember anyway, doing I, it. You have a really unique uh, way of doing your stand up, and I was just wondering how you. How you went about coming up with that? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question.
4: <laughs> oh, wow, that's a really good question. What do I do to come up <laughs> with my stand-up? Well, I guess I'll start <laughs> with start with how I always start. Um, I just get up, I get up on on a table. Mm-hmm. I stand on a table check it check it sturdy enough sometimes i'm wrong i fall <laughs> something funny i'm sorry it's okay i get up on a table and i think to myself what would god want right now and i never figure it out it's it's how would i know if even if i did but just that i'm thinking about what he would want it makes me realize how little i know it's something i don't understand what you're laughing at
1: you're right you know a lot it's a good question it's a profound question i'm sorry
4: it's okay so then i get off the table metaphorically of course i'm still on the table literally (laughs) and uh and then i just do five minutes man and then next thing you know i'm on podcasts
3: tv shows shows, movies netflix is a
4: futile and stupid gesture opposite will forte a hilarious biopic about the origin story of the National Lampoon and the beginnings of SNL and Caddyshack and Animal House. It's a crazy, (laughs) it's a crazy watch. It's a great movie. I'm in, I'm in television shows. I'm, uh, I'm going on dates with models.
1: Wow. Whoa. Models,
4: Models, professional singers. Wow. Girls, girls, (laughs) girls with big boobs. Well, oh, well. Girls with not big boobs, but I don't care because she's still beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm both physically and on the inside. Could somebody get me a coffee? <laughs> so basically, I'm on a table. I'm making out with models, singers. They think I'm funny. They got this whole spectrum of titties. Just ice. Thank you. Almond milk. And then I go, I do five minutes, and I'm in television shows. I'm in movies. Okay. I once, you guys won't believe this, so I'm not even going to waste my time.
1: Please do. Okay.
4: Okay. <laughs> I once met a girl that was so hot. Okay. I'm talking like, wow. All right.
3: Mm. Like lightning?
4: If you could put it in a bottle, okay? And then you could take that bottle to the movies and then pay for it because you're a gentleman. Okay? Yes. Yeah, it's lightning. Lightning in a bottle at a movies that I paid for. Okay. This girl, dude, when she took off her bra, bro. I was like, brruh, brruh, baby!" That girl was a-okay, right? She went. She wanted to blow me, right? And I'm like, "Sorry, I don't let girls blow me until I get to know them. That's the truth. Sorry."
1: That's Is nice.
4: that a true, Rick kind of, kind of, kind of? <laughs> the truth is, the truth, the truth is, the, I, 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 um, I get pretty nervous when it comes to the physical stuff because. If I don't know the person, it's tough to be present with it. Because it's almost like, what are we doing? What are you doing to me? What am I doing to you right now? And it's like, I want to talk about it, but you can't. You can't because then you're not cool. Now, if any, if you guys know anything about me, Glassman's one of the cool guys, okay? True. You're super cool. Thank yeah. you so much. Shut up, though. Don't let me let me finish and bring my fucking coffee. No, no, man. I'm just kidding. I don't mean to take, take the reins as long as I have this now. So, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. I feel good about
3: that. Well, that was great. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so the, the process, the stand-up process. Mm, I'm on the table. <laughs>
1: on the table. God is your witness. You step down, but you not. You don't really God step down. God is our down. witness. Our witness. When did you start getting into comedy? Were you mm. in high school? Were you mm. in junior high?
4: Mm. Thanks for the options. Yeah, <laughs> it helps me. Kind Were you of, younger helps me, than junior high? <laughs> it helps me After
3: college, birth. Right, you started at right. birth.
4: Well, I'm gonna be silly in this answer, but it's kind of a microcosm of the definition of the world I'm trying to represent. Comedy really? is a form of communication. It's a language. Yes. And I love bits. I've always loved bits. A lot of people um, don't like that about people, but specifically me. It could be annoying. It could be too much, and I get that. And I've tried to try to understand that better. But I've kind of accepted it at my age, I'm 24, that that doing jokes and and having sincere conversation or at least communication with somebody, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Mm -hmm. And I've kind of developed through defensive behavior, this language of comedy, of doing jokes, of communicating my insecurities in jokes and validating my confidence in jokes and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So... How long have I been hilarious my entire life? Right.
1: <laughs> what was your first word? My first word? Yeah, do you remember? I
4: I, I don't remember. Oh, but it 100%. but my but I could text my mom real quick and ask. That would be cool. Okay. <laughs> Do your parents support
1: you uh, yes. in this uh, in this endeavor? Oh, I
4: thought you were going to say something else. Like no, financially,
1: <laughs> do they, they send you money. Yes, no, uh, no, I send them money. Idiot. Yeah, do, do, have they always? I, I feel like you, what are the what are the Glassmans like? Be, okay, you're a, you're off the rails. You're a wild man on campus. Well, what's going on with
4: them? Okay, like yeah. Your research, up. Google the Glassmans. They're yeah. great. Well, are they? Yeah. So the Glassmans are great. I got I got. Uh, What are you doing? Is that a picture or video? Video. Man, I don't. I I asked beforehand if I was going to be on video, and now you are. Yeah, he did. He didn't want to be on video. I don't mind being on video, but let me give you let me give you an analogy here. Being on video when I when I didn't expect to be is kind of like hooking up with a girl I don't really know yet. That's right. Listen, I'm having a good time. I'm just no longer present because I have questions. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Do I need? Do you? is what type of how do you like it you know what i mean
3: yeah it was just because we're having so much fun i love it i I don't mind you doing it
4: take more video i'm just saying i have to acknowledge it because otherwise um, i get a little confused and if yeah no if there's confusion in my mind while i'm talking about something else i'm i'm making dinner while i'm thinking about you know uh, how am i supposed to juggle does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. does it because i just made that up so how does that make sense that was really good though (laughs) that was good i just said making food and juggling and you're like totally.
1: Well, we do want to apologize for that. Uh, First of all, the coffee is not here, and Maddie has videotaped you. You don't like to be asked how you're doing. This is really a train wreck for us and we're sorry and, and you're a good man, yeah, sorry, man. uh you, you know i, I should have researched the glassmans and now i look it up and the glassmans are both king and queen <laughs> of a country which is really cool Wait, uh, what? Th- his parents are king and queen of a country what that's country? what it says here a country it very it, it says in quotes too uh, but, but that's what it says um so Rick, can we talk to you about this uh, podcast you do with John Dewalt? What, you just started this out. Or- well, we know
4: we we started it yeah, years yeah. ago. So John and I have been friends since middle school, and for twenty five plus years, we've done tons of podcasts. Before podcasts were even a thing, we were putting them on cassette tapes, bringing them to school. Very we nice. were coming up with we're trying to find like the right concept, and we never figured it out. Ultimately, we did. We have like this archive of hundreds of all of these first episodes to different podcasts. So we're, we figured we're sitting on all these things since since middle school. Why don't we just start posting them now? We have them. Um, so it's called the First Episode Podcast. and uh, I love it. They're in no particular order. Uh, it comes out every Monday. We just posted one in the McDonald's Bros that we recorded in 1999. John and I both worked at different, but we both worked at McDonald's mm. in high school. Mm. And we, record, we thought we would do a podcast about McDonald's and, you know.
1: What neighborhood did you guys grow up
4: in? He grew up in Illinois. I yeah. grew up in Cleveland. We okay. met at camp. We became friends and we did stuff. We, we would visit each other. and
1: You met in camp? Is this, is this true? I, I can't tell with you.
4: Well, no. No, <laughs> okay, the, no. this okay. isn't true. Because the, the I
1: do know he grew I know John. I know he grew up in Illinois. So now I'm like, what is going on? Is this true? Yeah,
4: well, I'm letting you in on a secret that I don't know if we ever wanted to tell people. But the truth is, I met John when I moved to L.A. This podcast is a concept piece. We didn't really record it in 1999. We're kind of doing them now. But the idea is we have hundreds of these first episodes from... All the, you know what I mean. But now it's not as fun anymore. Now that you know we do it now. But I also didn't want to lie to you.
1: You know what, guys? Can we edit that out? Uh, Rick's getting very, very emotional. Don't edit it out. Bleep it all. Have like nine seconds. I need that out. I need. I mean, he. I mean, that was too much. He well, started crying. <laughs> I,
4: didn't, oh, I wasn't crying. You, I wasn't. I crying. was
1: crying because I was emotional. But yeah, but I, was I wasn't crying. crying. I know I lied. See, Maddie, that's the Was I crying? No, it's no. another concept no, thing, and weren't. I was lying. Yeah, and, and, th- and so edit that cry, part so I'm out not too.
3: Really sure how you cried, Maddie? Why
1: are you videoing him again? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> he um, asked you not to.
3: Uh, so you worked on mm-hmm. Uh What was that like, Rick? Funny, funny question, actually. <laughs> and yes. how did that come about? How All right, right, right.
4: <laughs> well, Bill Lawrence, who is, was my boss on Undateable, he created Scrubs and Spin City and other shows, and yeah. he saw me at the Hollywood Improv. I was probably destroying at the time. <laughs>
1: mm,
4: mm. A lot of ladies? I mean, I don't know, 12, 14.
1: <laughs> on stage or
4: off? In the front row? Perfect. Doing grabbing, you know what? I don't want to say it, but they were loving it.
1: Yeah, that 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 was a
4: descriptive. Like a, a, that was a story. That is who you are. That is who. What I make. So. Then I booked it, dude. <laughs> awesome. Then I got the awesome. awesome. You didn't have to audition. I had to audition. I got to audition. It's important that we, we stop saying what we have to do and appreciate and have the gratitude for understanding the opportunities that we do get to do. So wait,
1: you're saying you're saying on the record that you that he hired you,
4: but you decided you're gonna audition anyway. What I am saying <laughs> is I was given an opportunity to audition. It wasn't an obligation. Mm. What I'm saying is Life is our perspective, and the moment we recognize that things are what co- things could be, what is best for us, if we learn to define them as such, we're going to stop thinking about I have to go pick up my clothes from the cleaners, and recognize, wow, I could afford to have my two hundred dollar button-down shirt pressed. Right. right. And it is. I have a two hundred dollar button-down shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah, rag and bone. I even had it fitted, so it's probably like even more than that now. What
1: color is a shirt like that?
4: Gray and white. What do you think is going to be blue? It's two hundred bucks, you idiot.
1: That is true. Gray and gray and white's a good color. Do you have uh, any
3: fitted suits?
4: Glad you asked. Three of them. <laughs> what am I, new. Yeah, I got one in London. I got one at Burberry, and then I got one from uh, someplace. Who they got it from? Um, it's a. It's, it's like a. What? Well, come on. Um, Men's no. Uh, uh, maybe if you make some suggestions. Hugo Boss. No, wait, wait, it, wait. it's um, it's uh A guy
1: who knows a guy. <laughs>
4: No, funny stuff really love what you do. Thank you. Thank you. It's easy to talk ourselves out of things Why don't we talk ourselves into things? Why don't we talk ourselves into getting me a gosh darn coffee (laughs) with ice almond milk Okay in a metal or paper (laughs) cup. Maybe that's what they they were waiting. It probably hasn't come in because you didn't
1: describe the cup yet.
3: Oh, okay. They were waiting for you to describe the
1: cup. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're not supposed to say
4: they. You're supposed to say, you don't like to be called they. Who's they? I think you're supposed to say African American.
1: Oh, right. We Uh, can get you a coffee. No, no, no. I was
4: just doing confident yell guy. (laughs) C-L-C-Y-G.
1: So you met John DeWalt mm. uh, in doing Doing back
4: at, No, camp. I met John DeWalt doing background work. You already blew it. <laughs> met John doing background work in Angels and Demons. Ooh. Yes.
3: Wait, really? The That's movie?
4: Awesome. The book. Oh, what wow. is this guy? Could somebody get him a coffee? <laughs> I just don't like you, that. Bitch. I didn't like that Angels part. Angels and that were, Demons. What was, that was a book.
1: What
3: was, uh, Angels and
4: Demons was the, 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 the sequel to uh, The Da Vinci Code. Tom Hanks and Ron Howard and me and John. That's and, really cool. Oh, what yeah. Was,
3: what was it like being a background actor?
4: Ooh, I did that for
3: the first year and a half.
4: I had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was my I've job. Been, I did it too. Yeah. I still, I love it. I loved it then. I love it now. Um, when my friends have shows or movies, I like to go and visit and I do background in their productions. I have a reel that I put together of different things that I've been in background over the past 10 years. I, it's kind of, I love it.
1: What makes you tick? <laughs> How do you tick?
4: The dopa, the dopamine of a yeah. of 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 doing jokes, the oxytocin of true friendship, the endorphins of a good workout, mm. and my mom. Those things yeah, get yeah. me going, my friend.
1: How are you? Mm, this is
4: good. Thank you for the coffee. What's <laughs> that? How are you? Pretty good.
3: Um, Pretty good. So I actually I mm. I went to. To a taping of Undateable, and you guys were hilarious. Um, oh, thank you was, so much. Was it? What's dis- your name?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rick has taken off <laughs> of a football jersey and handed it to Maddie.
3: <laughs> 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 Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany, um, with a deep voice. So, um, you're, was it distracting for you to work with a live audience? Because you used several cameras, right? It yeah. was a multi-camera. Yep. Yeah. What was that like, right? Uh,
4: so yeah it was live studio audience show um i'm very comfortable in that in fact feel very safe with that maybe because of stand-up or maybe it's just something that i i I would like anyway but it's cool it's like you're feeding off there's an energy there that you get to feed off of um and the first two seasons we did it it was always in front of live studio audience the first two seasons we did it kind of standard where we tape multiple takes and then the episode comes out. The third season, we did it all live. Oh, that doing was crazy! It, it was really cool. Yeah, we did um, uh, uh, an episode at five o'clock for the East Coast feed, and then another episode at eight o'clock. So at five o'clock, oh, wow. we did it all the way through one take, a half hour, and then we had two and a half hours to chill, and then we did another take, another another episode, and that was maybe the coolest thing I've ever been part of. I, I, I I've done live television and like interviews or like yeah like reality style things. But to do like a show where I'm playing a character and it's scripted and people forget their lines or we're going too long so we have to edit stuff out or we're a little short so we have to add stuff. And uh, it, it was just f- cool, man. And I'm yeah. doing it with some of my best friends. Some, John DeWalt and his wife Allison were writers on the show. And uh, my friends, all my friends, uh, the guys on it were my friends, were part of it. I've been friends with a few of them for years before the show even happened. That's awesome. It was cool.
1: What was the uh, – how much time did you have to prepare for an, a live uh, taping? Same as any
4: show. You rehearse for a week. The thing is our show was uh, – they changed a lot. I mean, uh, we would get new scripts on Friday, and we f- taped on Friday. Mm. So we would have to relearn blocking, and, and then there would be some times where we would be done, and then we have an hour and a half to, to get changed and to eat and to get in hair and makeup. Um, and then we'd go out to do – with multicams, you do an introduction in front of the live audience so they could get to know you, so they could laugh and enjoy you better. Right. Uh, and we would right before our introductions get new pages for new scenes, and it's like,
2: wow. <laughs> oh but, my god. But it was was kind that of, stressful?
4: No, because it was kind of built on the foundation of we're selling this as a live show. So if there are mistakes, um, four out of the seven cast members are stand-up comedians. Um, there was like this idea of if they mess up, how will they recover? So there was the safety net of like. Oh, it would be funny if, like, not that we're trying to mess up, but we right. know that our friends got our back and we could recover. Um, sometimes for the West Coast feed, which kind of was like, like the senior year of high school, we already finished everything that mattered. Let's do whatever yeah. we want for the West Coast feed. Uh, Bill, my boss, would give us, like, tell me some a joke that not let the other people know about it and vice versa to kind of fuck with each other. Oh, and I don't know if hilarious. it made for a good television show because people are like, what? Are they? Like, we would do references of stuff. Like, we acted as if, like... We were friends. Nobody knew who we were. People don't even know my character, let alone Rick and the guy playing it. So when people right. are making references about my Instagram, people are like, what the <laughs> fuck is this show? You know? <laughs> what are you talking about? But it's like, it was so much fun to do, you That's know? Awesome. There were a few where we did stuff outside, which was always a bit of a train wreck because it's live. So like, like if there were scenes and there were no commercial changes and and I'm in one scene and then I'm in the next scene and it's in a different location, I can't start in that scene. They got to write it where I walk in because I literally have to. Sometimes if it takes place the next day, we'd have costumes on under our costumes. So I'd take off my sweater and I have a new costume on underneath and then you'd have to run outside. There was one where there was one where it was a Christmas episode and I don't remember, Chris D'Elia was running with a dog or something, and the camera person fell. <laughs> but, like, that's on the thing. So camera person falls, and, like, I don't It was just a fucking wreck, dude. People have turned on their show. Or they talking about someone's Instagram? This guy's falling. The, fir- the first episode uh, – yeah, the first episode of season three was a live show. And right before they, they cut one of uh, – Brent is one of the characters on the show, Brent Morin. They cut one of his lines, but he's still – uh, relevant to the scene from the blocking that he was doing, the action. But Brent misunderstood. He thought he's not in the scene anymore so he just went to the side and he's eating snacks or something. <laughs> and uh the calling down and we're back in 5, 4 and our boss bills, Brent, Brent, you can actually hear in the live feed or at the beginning here, and because uh. Brent didn't show up so w- w- Brent needs to be doing things. He <laughs> needs to be doing things for the scene to start because they're referencing this back and forth that Brent is having with the bartender. So eight seconds of silence later, um, Ron Funches said, um, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> okay. And then Chris, Chris uh, D'Elia says, I wonder where Brent is. Brent doesn't exist in this world. You know, the character's name is Justice. The people are watching this yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where Brent is. You think that's weird? What about that? And then it cuts to me doing my B story of acting like I'm blind. And it's like, what the fuck is that? What is the show? Camera guys are falling. You know, but yeah, it was oh fun, my man. God.
1: <laughs> I wonder where Brent is. Uh,
4: That's the first let's... episode podcast. <laughs> also, check out the sixth lead. You could check that out at thesixthlead.com. If that doesn't work, check it out at rickglassman.com. Wait,
3: are we ending the show? Is yeah, like... I'm going to get so, out wait, of here. <laughs> tell, tell us about the sixth
1: lead.
4: Hmm. <laughs> Mm. I was the sixth lead on the show, Undateable, which which means I was the sixth on the call sheet. And in a way, it was like, you're the sixth most important character on the show. (laughs) (laughs) So I had this idea of making this little side series of what it's like to be the sixth lead. So I made this Curb Your Enthusiasm-esque, everyone is playing a version of themselves show. Uh, I went in and the first episode was me meeting with the (sighs) showrunner, Bill Lawrence, and saying, you know, I want more to do. And it, worked, it turned out pretty funny, and Bill said, you want to do some more? So I was able to, and I made uh, five episodes of it. And to be honest, out of everything I've done, that's the thing I'm the most proud of. I think it's, it's this idea that I came up with, and I think I executed it really well. And I would love for you guys to check it out. And then uh, I don't sell the T-shirts or the hoodies anymore. Where but, can you watch it? Uh, RickGlassman.com, right. but where oh, I'm cool. in a little bit of a scuffle with Warner Brothers at the moment because – they took the six. They asked for the domain because they own the IP to it. So as of today, today I've been emailing back and forth. Either give me the sixlead.com back, or let's put the site back up. So maybe come Halloween, it'll be up. But it is at the RickGlassman.com at the moment.
3: So you're on that show, Nobody's. Yeah, that is...
4: show's canceled too.
3: <laughs> Did it get canceled?
1: Oh
4: yeah, I got on it. <laughs> Gotcha. Or me. Oh, Burn me. Yeah,
3: but you have really funny scenes with really? Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. What was it like? Because she plays like a heightened version of herself. Yeah.
4: Much Did like the see? way Rick Glassman all the characters do in the sixth lead. That is the sixth lead.com.
0: Or
1: rickglassman.com. <laughs> yeah, and or. Um, and or.
4: Oh, working with Melissa. What a pleasure. <laughs> mm. You watch the woman and you think to yourself, oh, yeah, she's a star. Right, She
1: has that quality She really her. does
4: She's just you, you get it You just watch it And it's like Oh yeah these are the things I've seen in the bloopers And extended scenes Of the movies She's just fucking fire mm. She's
3: fantastic So she's not really mean Like she was on the show No No no. Okay. I don't
4: know Once we called cut She said get the fuck away from me So I never really got <laughs> to know her But I think she's a sweetheart
3: <laughs> I'm just kidding She was very nice Oh that's great Yeah That's great man um, Who? What's your character on that Who do you play I play a guy named Dave, who was the young showrunner that
4: came in to run their television show because they were inexperienced. And the truth is, Melissa McCarthy's character in the show is producing the show, so she was kind of the boss. So, though I was the boss, I played very submissive to this woman who is literally Melissa McCarthy. And I have to, you know, try and control the writers and, and say what we need to be doing while she's telling me these crazy, ridiculous things. And I have to say, you know, Yes, ma'am, and absolutely, and comedy ensues into a hilarious, situational-based comedy that you have to see. Unfortunately, it was right canceled. Now. You can still y- see it, though. Absolutely, yeah, it's on Amazon. Is it on uh-huh. Amazon? I, I'm yeah.
1: sure it's on demand as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's on yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. He just I watched, watched it.
3: Watched
4: it. Right. It's with uh, Rachel, Hugh, and Larry, who play themselves. They're from The Groundlings. They came up with Melissa McCarthy and met them. They met each other then, and that's kind of the inspiration for the concept of their show. They are. I met them through the show, and because, yeah. since become pretty good friends with them. They're so awesome. They're so funny. That's
3: they ha- right, they yeah. have
4: this show called uh, Mike Tyson Murder Mysteries. You guys know about this show? No. no. It's an adult swim show. It's it's in the second or third season. Super funny. It's like a 10, 15-minute show, and it's Scooby-Doo, if, but darker. It's Scooby-Doo, but it's by this team of uh, Mike Tyson, who plays Mike Tyson. Oh, and, right, right, And Norm right. MacDonald is, is a voice of one of the characters, and it's this murder mystery show. It was fantastic. Um, and they, they, it was my, my first animated thing. They, they wrote a character, um, and I went in and did it recently. I, I don't know when it comes out, but it was super fun to do, and it's cool because uh, I wasn't there with Tyson, but Tyson is going to be saying Glathman a whole bunch. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah, because they named great. him Glathman. <laughs> that's
1: great. Did you ever man. do the Groundlings or anything like that? Or I went you...
4: through the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, incidentally, I, I did do Groundlings when I first moved out here, uh, and I auditioned. And in the audition, I was, you know, being talkative and silly before the audition, like when they were handing out resumes and headshots and stuff. And they, uh, and I was talking to someone behind me and, and they said, just get out. I was like, and I had always wanted to be part of the Groundlings. And, and I said, huh? And they get out. And I was so upset. Like I got kicked out of this audition.
1: Oh my God. And, and
4: I, yeah. And I, I went and I talked to the people at the Groundlings and they said, listen, we weren't there. We have to take the teacher side. It is what it is. And. So I couldn't do it. So a year goes by. That guy's not even there anymore. I'm like, I really want to audition. And I just auditioned again with a fake name. And they said, great. And you sign up for the class. And I paid with my credit card. And I signed up. And the day before class, they, they saw it because my credit card was Glassman. And I gave a different name. They kept a record of that. And they said that I, that I tried to sneak in, which I did. And I am now officially blacklisted from the Groundlings.
1: Is this yeah. real? What I have since
4: I have since hell? performed there, like on other people's shows as a guest. But you
1: were joking around. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not like you were a oh good
4: a God. good friend of mine, Tony Cavalero. He is on the main stage of the Tony. Groundlings. Yeah. Great guy. Couldn't even get me off. He said there's like eight people in the history of the Groundlings blacklisted. <laughs> what the hell is that? And I'm blacklisted from the Groundlings. Yeah. And you were just joking around. The way I remember it, it wasn't even that much. I was just kind of talking when I shouldn't have. I mean, who knows? I, I you know. At the time I I didn't have as much awareness as I thought I did but I do remember my perspective which is this is very shocking to be kicked out is ridiculous but was I maybe being annoying maybe he thought oh here's one of the guys that's going to be interrupting other people you know at best best remove him from the class and I I don't know but then and then I just try to sign up in a different name and I'm blacklisted it's it's hilarious Unreal. And it's fine now I'm not I don't need to go through these classes but at the time yeah. I was like I was Devastated. You wanted to do it though. <laughs> I, I yeah. groundlings. I knew what the groundlings before I moved to LA. I was like, this is where you know, this is Will Ferrell. I mean, this is right. This is the spot. <laughs> you know what? At this point, it's a it's a badge of pride. Uh, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when I'm one. I'm one of eight in something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to go and take you know zip zap zop classes at right this time. <laughs> so you know, it is what it is. Yeah, unbelievable. yeah, unbelievable. I got you didn't it. Acting classes at all? The yeah, in college I, I studied theater, and then when I moved out here, I was taking acting classes. Um where'd you go to college? Kent State. Kent State, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. And what
3: Midwestern of, man. What kind of uh theater roles did you play? Like uh <sighs> Henry the Eighth or I did Henry the Eighth. <laughs> Shakespeare? I, I
4: don't r re- I don't remember. don't remember. I really don't remember.
3: Yeah, it was a long time ago.
4: Yeah, I, I don't remember. I I did like three plays. Um and uh I, I just don't remember. I just I, I played a lot of basketball. <laughs> College. Really, did you play for Kent State? I didn't play for Kent, but I did play at Kent okay. for the intramural teams, of which I was undefeated.
3: Oh and shit! And I have
4: a T-shirt to prove it. Never Ricky. put it in the dryer, so it has <laughs>
1: not shrunk. I've seen this man play basketball. Very good. Thank you so really? much. He is really yeah. good. He had it his is. own team, the Rick Glassmans. Yeah. From so, 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 <laughs> when I first
4: moved out here, a connection that I made to comedians, which was is something that I, uh, I very much was and am grateful for, was that I play basketball. And there's a status, you know, in 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 this business, as there are with, with many businesses in social, blah 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 blahs, but when i came out here there's these headliners and these comedians that i that i know of and i'm fan of and i like yeah. and and they all play basketball so you know i was playing with them and, and and as a good basketball player and i don't want to say i'm a good basketball player cuz i'm a fantastic basketball that's player that's right he's good he's it fantastic it was like oh i had value add to these people that that otherwise i wouldn't at least had the confidence to feel that i did so there was uh there in this there was a basketball league in the comedy store they had been in it for for years and years and there was a comedy store league back in like the letterman days there was cool pictures of of them in the comedy store jerseys and I played with them, and uh, and then there was a lot of people on that team. So I wanted to have more time, so it created another team. So there was two teams. Ultimately, it evolved into what is now just the comedy league. So the whole league is just different teams. There was the comedy store. There's a UCB team, which is the Upright Citizens Brigade, where uh, I was taking improv lessons. There's an improv. There's an agents and managers team. I mean, there's like it's a comedy oh, wow. thing. And and uh, our team were the Rick Glassmans, <laughs> and we won four out of six years. Is it, that true? It is.
1: Four? Uh, did you ever lose? Were
4: you? Yeah, like... two times. Four out of six, you idiot. And uh,
1: okay, and and uh, uh, and win, like winning. How many did you win? Well, yeah, we won four. Four out of <laughs> six. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay. So stupid. And uh, <laughs>
4: yeah, so uh, basketball is great, man. Did so. you play high school basketball? Kinda. I started playing in tenth grade, and uh, that was um, I wasn't good. And the coach didn't cut me, which was great because that was where I first started developing confidence. Where not that I was ever cool or popular, but you know, I'm playing Magic the Gathering and taking cooking and pottery classes, and then all of a sudden I'm on a basketball team, so I'm kind of being invited to parties, you know. And I have and girls are you know they're not like you know they're I, I've talked to a girl now, you know. Right. So like it was a very small step, but it was the first step towards like. Oh, being part of a team and, and understanding this dynamic of trying to help each other out and having, like I was saying before, a value. Whether or not it's true or not, it was this first idea where I felt like I have something to offer. So I got addicted to it, and I would play all the time. And I didn't get good until college, but we were a very good high school team. We played against LeBron James a few years. What? I have a cool picture of, of me with LeBron. and uh, And then college came, and it's like, oh. This is how I'm going to connect with people. And to this day, it's still I kind of connect through athletic and sports. The television show I got with Bill Lawrence when he saw me do uh, stand-up, uh, I knew he played basketball. So we talked a little bit. I got his assistant's email address, and I emailed her once a week for a couple months saying, I want in this game, I want in this game. And ultimately, I got in Bill's game and played with him for a few months before he – I didn't even have an agent at the time. He emailed me and said, hey, I have the show on datable. I'd love you to audition. I auditioned. He didn't have anybody audition with me. He didn't have anybody test against me. I just went – it through myself and and uh i just think it's because of basketball that's great that's awesome. the yeah. thing that gave you confidence yeah.
1: too which is amazing yeah yeah that that's is
0: a that's story. a great story
4: thank you so much i made it all up <laughs> no you didn't
1: i cannot imagine you being kind of like uh a, non-confident you're so confident you you just you when you perform on stage you uh sell your jokes so well and i'd say you're probably the only one that can sell the jokes your ability to sell your jokes the way you sell them is you that's a really nice compliment no i'm being honest you're you're up on stage and sometimes it doesn't make sense but the rest of it for some reason you can make sense out of it it's insane yeah i I love it i I,
4: that's a really nice compliment and um it's uh it it starts it's it came from a very defensive place starting doing stand-up I don't know how to do stand-up I still don't some of my friends are the funniest people in the world they're doing their specials they're doing theaters they're fantastic I have no idea how, how to do it I don't get stand-up the one thing I do understand is is uh, accepting vulnerability and what I like to do and maybe it's still a defense but it's just the defense created the the one strength that I feel I have with stand-up is um, when I'm feeling nervous, when I'm feeling confident, when I'm feeling confused, when I think something's funny, when I don't think something's funny, if accepting the idea that there's nothing I need to sell to them, because then I'd have to sell it to myself, and I don't know how to do that. So kind of just living in something like there's so many times where I'm so I get so nervous all the time. I don't know how to do this, uh, and I've become so comfortable in being nervous towards like it's almost like I feel like. I have literally told myself, I'm supposed to be nervous. Not like as a pep talk, but like that's where you shine. You are a nervous person. So like be the best nervous person. And and it's I like that you say it comes off as confident. It does. Um, it really does. It, what The truth is I'm so nervous, um, but I've completely accepted it. So acceptance and confidence maybe read similarly. But like to go up there and be nervous about something and accept it so much. It's kind of like when – like this idea of laughing with somebody versus at them. I have this theory that the only difference isn't in the the person's intention on judgment or bullying or misunderstanding, but the person that they're laughing at or with. Example, if I trip and fall and I'm really embarrassed, you guys might laugh at me, you might not, but you're going to empathize at least subconsciously of my uncomfort and we take on other people's confidence, acceptance, and comfort levels. So if I fall and it's an embarrassing thing, but I get up, And make a joke of it, or you could see it's fine, or I'm laughing. You could, you're like, oh, at least we're all on the same page, right? And and you, the guy still fell the same. So I find that I want to make sure that I'm on the same page with you guys, the audience. And there's no way I'm going to be able to make you think I'm not nervous right now. So why am I even going to pretend I didn't just fall? Let me create an act of falling. Right. You know what I mean? How Uh,
3: did you come to that realization of finding that of finding like what was the kind of the tipping point for you in that that's a deep like that's a deep
4: thing that's something i've been going over and and i guess i could get into it and i've never really talked about it publicly um but also there's nothing i'm hiding uh about it but um i just i've had a lot of questions like that outside of stand-up um including as a kid i was always very confused i I never knew um I, i never understood how i was being received I didn't know when I was bothering someone. I didn't know if they liked me or if they didn't. It wasn't like I'm thinking I'm unsure. I I'm the funniest, coolest guy in the world, and then I find out oh no I'm not. Like I'm just I'm just always wrong. I would always have to ask people questions. Why are you squinting and looking forward? Is that meaning you're interested in something? I didn't intuitively understand body language very well. Very long story short, um, early last year I was diagnosed with ASD level one, which is. Uh, what is was commonly known as autism or Asperger's. Asperger's isn't a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they medically have, have redefined it to, to stop, to destigmatize between this high and low functioning idea. Um, but I was diagnosed with with level one autism, which is, has been an interesting journey. For one, everybody, myself included, had an idea of what autism is. Oh, this person's obviously autistic. Um, it's, uh, it's not, I don't want to get too much into it. But the point is, with that and patterns that I've recognized, for example, getting blacklisted from the groundlings and a plethora of having to go to special classes, ultimately having to go to special schools. Mm. Uh, I went to the school called PEP, Positive Education Program, where it was these troubled kids. There was a restrainer in everyone's classes. Ours was Gomez to hold down kids (laughs) when they jumped out the fucking window. It was wild. However, I realized, oh, uh, and, and I realized a lot of my comedy came from this place of I was always making people uncomfortable And I never knew it, at least not in that moment. And Mm. I I would feel vibes. I would recognize, oh, this person is treating me different than they used to. I would call David Price every week. And every week he would say, I'm busy. At a certain time, you'd think you would pick up the hint that David Price doesn't want to play with you. I I just called him for two years every week, you know. Incidentally, David and I are friends. Shout out to DP. (laughs) Um, But I realized that my comedy started off where if I'm going to make you uncomfortable, you the audience – I'm gonna be for the first time in my life, I'm gonna control it and I would manipulate a room into thinking this thing that wasn't funny still often isn't funny, but at least for the first time in my life, it's on my terms. I'm tripping on purpose. I'm tripping I, I know I'm gonna trip before you know I do. So I've learned how to make it seem funny, whatever it may be, this defensive place of of controlling the uncomfort as that has evolved and I haven't figured this out yet, but the idea is if I could control uncomfort, And manipulate the energy in a room I like playing with energies in a room It doesn't have to be uncomfortable I could make people happy, sad, confused, horny, hungry Whatever it is And uh, then play in that world Instead of me coming on stage Which is this Which is kind of There's there's rules There's a structure to it How you guys doing? All right. Well you know my girlfriend just broke up with me And boy are my arms tired And whatever the fuck you're supposed to say That I don't know how to do So I like playing with energies instead which has helped me accept my energy, my nervousness, my excitement, my wanting to talk, my not feeling funny, whatever it is, oh, I'll make that the energy. You know? So yeah. that that is kind of what you're telling me, and again I'm taking it as a compliment, thank you, It's coming across as confidence, but it's just kind of accepting my balance isn't as great as most people. So
3: Well, I think it's incredible, man. It is. I think it's incredible that you're able to to see that in yourself and you're able to Control it, and I think that's really amazing. And I feel like I I have definitely levels of yeah. You got something going on. Yeah, for sure. So I'm very normal, which (laughs) (laughs) you're not normal, but you don't have that superpower. (laughs) No, but no, I just really appreciate you and thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was
1: uh, that we. I say this. I feel emotional too. That was really nice of you. Well, share with us. It does. Thank you. It was beautiful. It was. It was was beautiful. And the confidence and the vulnerability uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that definitely comes from you. Like, right. Especially if you were very vulnerable there, you also had the, the, the bits in the beginning. So you kind of break, <laughs> no, but you break, you break from it and and you do reveal yourself. And, uh, that's important too. I think that, uh, uh, it, with you as a performer and, and what is interesting is there is, you know, truth within your, uh, you know, set your trips well, that's what i was trying to stuff. say it's earlier yeah, that this yeah.
4: idea that uh, how much i love bits and how bits and sincerity aren't mutually exclusive right and you could but people people do not speak that m- even my good friends even my good friends that are hilarious comedians people don't speak that language i don't know if i'm wrong but i know i have to i know i have to be fluent with other people's forms of communication but it's crazy to me how like are Nobody, like there's sometimes I do something and it's obviously a joke, but no, it, it's not obviously a joke. Mm-hmm. And and I get conf- now. And now with more awareness, I get into situations where I now have to say, you know, I was joking, right? And then they go, yeah. And then like the flow's done, and now it's like fuck it, it's not worth doing the bits. Right. And like I noticed that after this diagnosis, for like a year plus, I was really depressed, and I was depressed in a way that. Not because of this diagnosis. I felt validated in all these issues I had as a kid. and it's like, oh, this makes sense. But depressed because I was trying to calculate how people are receiving me more. And I'm just – I stopped doing bits, dude. And I, I was probably less annoying and easier to be around. But I can't not – it's so – you, do you know when you're around boring people? What do you – I don't want to – what do you – I don't want to be around you. Right. You know, like you have friends that are kind of grandfathered in from back home that you've known forever. And then you go back and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, my sister's... I don't... Come on! Bits! Bits! (laughs) Right, right. right. So yeah, it's a fine line that I don't quite know how to dance. But I will tell you this. It goes straight and I'm moving forward. (laughs) Let me get another
1: iced coffee. We're talking with blacklisted groundling...
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the incredible rick glassman yeah the incredible wow. uh yeah that i was think amazing. that Thank is you.
1: interesting i when i was a kid i was very similar to you in the fact that uh i i met this kid named tim warren and he used to say just kidding and i think that <laughs> i think that literally every fucking word i would say and did in just kidding. <laughs> you, you did it too, yourself? I was the same. Th- yeah, I was always joking, but I had to say just kidding because I think I was always getting in trouble in school and this and that. So I had to say just uh, very serious, very, you know, I'm obviously dry if everyone's just staring at me. You know. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. And this kid did that, and uh, that was uh, my nickname. And uh, throughout, it was just kidding, because I, it was a twitch. You know, like Greg Buckman. I don't know if you know him. He says, "Wow." I always said, "Just kidding." It was a real thing, and I had I to like break. To it more. I had to Say break free of that uh, because I wanted to be. N- more like yourself where like I'm sure that was a difficult task to always be doing bits but I didn't like having to say just kidding. So so if we were friends in high school it would have been a mess for everybody else but we would have probably had a good time. I have
4: an intimate relationship with just kidding. Yeah. It feels like if I say it I'm losing. Yeah. Um when other people say it it's like I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's and it's just like but, but also, you have to ask, how you doing? Good, how are you? Just kidding. You have to do these things yeah. because this is how we speak. We being this this culture that is, is, has, has handed, had the rules handed down to them, and they're like, all right, I'll shake your hand even though it's wet. It's like, yeah. why are we shaking hands all the time?
3: Why do we have to open the door for everybody? So um, what advice would you have to young comics and people coming up trying to do stand-up? What, what would you say to them? Or actors
4: Well, I haven't even figured it out yet. So I would say this is more a microcosm for like growing, whether it's as a yeah. comedian or or into whatever it is that you, if you've even realized, want to become. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying about what you um, possibly incorrectly perceived as confidence, which is acceptance and it feels a little corny saying it, but this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And there's only so much that we could control uh, within ourselves. There's nothing we could control outside of it. So it's already a battle there. Um, and a lot of things that we want to control, we want to control to manipulate how we're being perceived. And the truth is I could try and be cool or not annoying or whatever, but I'm still I have no idea how people think about me and everybody thinks about me differently. So getting to this place of kind of accepting, oh, I'm... I'm a little annoying and I got to work on that sometimes. And uh, I'm this or I'm not this, accepting what it is instead of trying to overcompensate with a narrative that we want to be. For the longest time, I'm the fucking man. I'm going to be in the NBA. You know, I know I'm not going to be in the NBA, but I thought (laughs) my self worth was basketball and and I wanted to be really good. Incidentally, the inciting incident in real life to finding out that I was going to get this diagnosis, which is something I was thinking about, was getting kicked out of a basketball game that I was in. I'm back in it. I'm back in it. But hey, some of the guys don't like playing with you. Some of the guys that are in their forties, you know, they're comedy writers that or that just want exercise and, and you're coming in and you're talking so much shit and you're like driving so hard to the hoop and you're hurting people mm. and you're one of the best players here and the last one picked. Why do you think that is? Oh. And I said, I'm the best player here. And then I realized, oh my God. I like I felt like as long as I'm a good basketball player, people are gonna like me. Right, and, right. and it's like this is just some narrative I just fucking made up. So just accept, listen, dude, no one no one likes anybody. <laughs> just because yeah. they think they're good at you're good at something. Yeah. So my two, my my three pieces of advice are: accept who you are, figure out who you are, I guess, and accept it. Um, don't keep the mic stand uh, uh, up on stage in front of you. If you take the microphone out <laughs> of the stand, it just makes you look like a novice. <laughs> and uh, don't be afraid of doing scatological humor, farts, stuff like that. Because even though it's immature, there's a very very Honest layer to the fact that poop and farts and boogers and shit is funny. Also, don't fuck girls that don't want to be fucked, or guys, or don't fuck guys that want to be fucked. Don't want to be fucked. And just all, just think about how, how you know, you know, open with your second strongest, close with your strongest your joke. S- your
1: second strongest, you close with? Is that what you're saying? No, I
4: close with the strongest. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I don't even know any jokes, but you su- I know that. W- if you do have a few jokes, open with your second best. Mm-hmm. Get them going. It's not it's not the best thing of the set, but it's great. It's not yeah. the meat. It's, the, yeah, it's, it's the, potatoes. the dessert
1: and potatoes. And <laughs> then I guess,
4: you know, I do have some more advice. Um, dress on stage the way you want to brand your comedy. Uh, it's yeah. kind of annoying, but the truth is people do make subconscious judgments. And if you wear a hat on stage, make sure the hat makes sense. Uh, <laughs> don't, uh, you know, make sure, oh, make sure you say, you know, thank you to like the wait, you know, tip your waiters or waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's important. Actually, I got a few more. We got time. I we think got, it's important. I think it's, a, it's important to, uh, feel you deserve something, but don't feel entitled to it. Uh, if you're going to a, a venue or a club and you get bumped or you don't get spots that you want, you know, work harder, uh, and, and feel that you should be there, but don't feel that like, you know, it's, this is mine the fuck other people. Don't get resentful of that. Um, be hysterical. Otherwise, get, stop doing it because you're taking stage time away from people and just yeah. figure it out. Like most – you know, a lot of people aren't very funny. And uh, this one is the biggest one. What's that?
1: <laughs> oh, Rick had to leave. <laughs> Rick had to leave. <laughs> oh, that sucks. He just walked out. well we thank Rick Klassman for coming in (laughs) but uh yeah I I don't know what just happened It's like he just stood up well I have decided that I would like to read a random google search for a scary story here we go now I'd like everyone that can hear me within the hear reach of my ears to listen Drop the lights, (laughs) drop the lights down low, and remember that this story is a random Google search scary story. So it may or may not be scary, but I bet it's scary. Today's tale is called Cry Baby. It's by Death and Terror that's the author. Late last night I woke up to the sound of someone crying. It was an eerie sound and surprisingly loud as well. Although I wanted to get up and go check it out, I was a bit scared and I tried so I, I ignored. I tried to ignore it by hiding under my covers. Today at breakfast I told my roommate about it. That was me, she replied, with a tone of fear in her voice. What a relief, I thought. I was crying because I saw a thing watching you while you were asleep. If that isn't eerie enough... This story has another caper that I'd like to bring up on my own. This is a little improv from that story. Why wouldn't the roommate wake this poor roommate up and tell her that somebody's sleeping or watching them while they sleep? Why would they do such a thing? You know why? Why? Because it's a creepy, scary, random Google search story. (laughs)
2: Ha! <laughs> wow, I love Halloween because it's the only night I eat for free. I don't have to use my money. Wow, I love Halloween. Wow 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 awesome greg
1: (laughs) where do you come up with these things no wonder (laughs) you're so who you wear we do birthday parties Um, (laughs) okay so what is what time is it right now friends
3: ladies and gentlemen it's that time of the the podcast where we hear news from greg buckman Well okay I am not
2: making any of this up Wow This is all true And I'm going to get really serious right now Because this is a really serious crazy thing that happened Well a woman accidentally burns down her house While trying to perform exorcism On sofa She believed was possessed by the devil Wow, she says, I am telling the truth. Uh, Wow, JoLynn Wynn, 53, was so convinced the devil had taken up residence in her sofa that she took a match to the piece of furniture and lit it on fire. Wow, firefighters in Louisiana, Louisiana, wow. USA were called to the scene before the fire marshal later arrested Mrs. Wynn when it became clear she had started the blaze. Wow. When Mrs. Wynn was booked into the Livington Paris Jail on Friday for fiery Ritual, an act she claims she undertook to get the devil out of her sofa. I don't blame her. Wow. The devil's like fire. Wow. So he probably enjoyed it. Wow. She then told the firefighters she had set the couch on fire in order to rid her of home of the demon. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Wynn had been taken to the local hospital for treatment before investigators arrived at the scene. While they found fire damage in the trailer's living room. while well, she was a trailer lady. Wow, that explains a little. Wow, but a lot of trailer people are nice and normal. Wow, and determined the fire started because of her burning couch. Well, wow, Mrs. Wynn faces a single charge of arson. Well, wow, that's it. just a single, single news, 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 news. News with Greg. Greg.
1: Oh, wait. News. We didn't say, what do, oh, you, yeah. think well, what do you think of well, that? Well, here's Greg? what
2: I think of it. Now, I'm going to skip the subject a little bit. Recently, Charles. Wait, Manson. wait, wait. No, hold no. on. This
1: has a I lot just
3: need do a clean,
2: it. what do you think of that, Greg? Oh. Okay.
3: What do you think of that, Greg?
2: Oh, there we go. Well, what do I think of it? You know, Charles Manson, the notorious murderer, just died. He told the priest he was very, very sorry for what he had done. And please help me, Father. The priest said, sure, Charlie, I'll help you. Where, you'll, where you're going, you'll need this. And he gave him fire news News, news, him. news, 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 news of Greg. Wow, okay. Oh, long, Oh. wow, okay, too long. Wow, too long, Wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, this is one the Oregon girl oh right God, here. Greg. Okay, wow, wow. Oregon girl. Greg, you're wow. doing your news Big stories. Bigfoot was spotted crossing rural New York highway. Wow, he travels far. While wow, a man who was on his way to Vermont claims to have seen the legendary creature approximately half a mile away from where a similar-looking creature was spotted in 2006. According to news with Wow Buckman, Wow Team, The investigator who spoke to the me, Greg, Paul, Martolo, knew, wow, he needs an easier name, said that the man witnessed a six-foot-tall creature hopping over a guardrail on Route 4 in Whitehall, which recently adopted the urban legend, the official animal. Wow, they adopt, wow, Bigfoot's over in New York now. Wow, Bartolo knew did not expand on what he meant when he said, typical, well, it's typical. Well, it's in New York, there's crazy people. Wow, well, not everybody in New York's crazy. He said, well, not every day someone allegedly witnesses a six-foot creature walking across a state highway like a group of kids going on an adventure. Wow. While well, the eyewitness declined to name because of the possible r- ritual, though he did tell Bartolo knew the creature... <laughs> was hairy wow he was hairy hairy wow and had two legs wide shoulders and a small wow neck wow with a description like that maybe bigfoot could try out for the giants offensive line well wow, and they do need help on that line Well wow, bartolo knew added the august and september are popular months for seeing sasquatch jaywalking across the street Well, whether it's a migration, I'm not sure, but there's a real consistency with the reports. People will be driving at night. Well, and guess what? He described seeing the same thing. Well, he said, wow, a forest road in the most likely place for a person to have the opportunity to see the creature. Wow. Well, unfortunately, the driver did not take a picture of Bigfoot. Well, and as an event happened too quickly, nor did have a footprint. Nothing less, Barna knew. Bartolo knew. Wow. What do you think of that, Greg? Wow. Oh, well, well yeah, what do you think uh, of that, Greg? You know, I've always wondered. My mom used to tell me there's no way Bigfoot could survive because what would he be eating? News, hey, news, uh, news. Oh, wow. News with Greg.
1: <laughs> news, news, news. News with Greg.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, Caitlin, will get back. <laughs> She's from Oregon. She's seen the creature. Wow. I'm not making it up. Wow. A witch doctor in for stealing a bicycle. Wow. I stole a bicycle. From a witch doctor. Wow. A witch doctor in Chumbawambo, who was at large, <laughs> is in police custody following allegations that he stole a bicycle. While the suspect, ball weighty 23, was arrested on Sunday, while according to Chumbawamba Police Station Foster Benjamin, the incident took place at a drinking joint locally known as a PA Anabanda around F, whatever, M F E R. Market along with Twawa Batuwa. Must be a foreigner. Wow. Benjamin said <laughs> that the, during that time, Wadi squeak talked Fred to borrow him a bicycle to get to the nearby grocery store to buy cigarettes. Wow. I quit. Wow. Instead, he vanished into thin air after he used a witch doctor potion. Which Dr. Potion thats that's crazy. Uh, maybe one for my wife. Wow, just kidding, I love my wife. Wow. since then he had never heard of until he was spotted rubbing a chicken blood on his chest. He was rubbing chicken blood on his chest. Wow. Well, wow. when he was confronted, Wadi claimed that some criminals had robbed him of the bicycle and he was rubbing ch- his chicken the chicken blood on himself to find them. Wow. Rubbing chicken blood on himself to find him—it was uh, a lot of black magic there. Witchcraft. What do you think about that, Greg? Well, what uh, what do I think of that? I mean, uh, uh rubbing a chicken with blood on him—witchcraft. News, news, news? Just, uh, news, bike, bike, news, 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 news
1: with Greg. News, 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 news with Greg. All right, wow, folks, wow, thank wow. you so much you for so listening. Much. Uh, thank you, Rick Glassman. Thank you, Laugh Factory. Thank, you, thank, thank Caitlin.
2: Thank thank you, Anthony. Th- thank you, Mother I miss Earth. You
3: so much.
0: Thank you for being back, man. Yeah, we
3: love you. Buck, we yeah, love it's you all right. You we uh, love everybody.
2: Thank you, Greg Buckman. Wow. Thank you, Greg Buckman. Oh my I God! I
3: don't I'm it. just kidding. What about me? I'm I'm sorry. just a little
1: boy on a dancing street. Can't you see? Wow. I was
2: That's just
1: so kidding. Cool.